Hey everybody, this is Raymundo Gonzalez. And this is Giovanni Rosario. Welcome to the Latinx Guard Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, everything we say is just for fun. Nothing's meant to be taken too seriously. If you are going to be a hater, stay a hater. But either way, support. Welcome everybody to Latinx Guard Podcast, episode 20. A wow. very special episode, not only because we reached number 20, but we have our first honorary guest of the show, Gabby. She's a fellow jiu-jitsu teacher a guest that's not grahalis guess what oh my goodness gracious <laughs> so once again i am your host ramuna gonzalez and this is giovanni rosario and we are joined by gabby salmaron she is a jiu-jitsu brown belt at where me and giovanni train um she has been a longtime friend i have known her for years and it is great to have a woman on the podcast <laughs> thanks guys before we get into it shout outs to our sponsors cmb bakery Seven Street Burger, and Show Your Roll. CMB Bakery offers the finest baked goods in New York City. Gabby, you should know a lot about this. Oh, I know a lot. I've got to Tell connect. Tell them how good CMB croissants are. Oh, how can you even begin? You're taken to heaven. You're brought down to earth. It's just buttery. It's crunchy. It's gorgeous. Just check them out. There you go. Seven Street Burger offering the best smashed burger in New York City, hands down. If you have a different opinion, come to the show. I will fight you on air. Okay, Seven Street Burger, afterwards. located oh. <laughs> multiple locations around the city. Okay, Showyourroll.com. Bear, I love you. You sponsor the show. No one else sponsors the show. Therefore, every other gi brand sucks. Okay, I don't wear any other gi brand. All right, Hyperfly, Fuji, garbage. Showyourroll only. Okay, only. We are, I, I, if I ever own a school, you only have to wear a Showyourroll gi if you ever take a class. Only. Only. Okay, I'm going to have the Showyourroll tattoo pretty soon. Now, shout outs to our Patreons. Shoutouts to our Patreons, the Chingons of the Week. Shoutouts to Tim Watson, Francis, Nick Schaefer, Ross Macy, Jim O'Brien, Kit Touchfong, and Esteban Gonzalez. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. You guys are the Chingons of the Week. Thank you so much, guys. Um, and if you want your own special nickname, just let us know. We'll come up with one, but you don't get to choose. So if it offends you, that's not our bad, and that's the name you get. Thanks, everybody, for sponsoring the show. Now, on to episode 20. The reason why we wanted Gabby on the show is because she has a female perspective on jiu-jitsu. One of the things that we're definitely going to talk about is just how much of a boys club Brazilian jiu-jitsu is in the first place. How difficult it is for women to not um, only find their space in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but just to have a space in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think of no other person better to talk about this than my fellow friend Gabby, who is a women's instructor at the school that we teach at. Um, we... As the management, we were very proud to have her on the team, and I have heard nothing but positive things from her women's class and having a female instructor on staff. Gabby, do you just want to give a brief overview about your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu experience, when you started, like how has it been, and then how you got your uh, role into teaching? Yeah. Um, okay, I'll try to do spark notes, but thank you again for having me here. Um, what got me into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like a lot of women, self-defense, so... Um, my apartment was broken into, I wasn't home and I live by myself and I was like, okay, self-defense, let me do Krav Maga because that seems like it made sense. I did that for a while and um, they had a no-gi class twice a week taught by a purple belt at one of the, from one of the bigger schools in the city. And I kind of became obsessed with it, like kicking and punching things, it's cathartic, but like we all know like the chest that is jujitsu. And so I became hooked. I even started doing private lessons and at that time that gym was going through a culture change anyway, um, 
the vibes were different. So I took that as my signal to get into jujitsu. I shopped around the city. Um, I think everyone should shop around and really try to find a place that works. And ultimately, I selected the gym where I'm still at today. (laughs) Um, No regrets about that. Um, And in terms of my journey since then, um, it really started as becoming an aggressive hobbyist. I started in my mid-20s, so my body could handle like doubles multiple times a week. I would do the white belt and then the mixed class, and even I would do a little bit of nogi. Those, those days are over, um, <laughs> as you know. Um, but I became hooked, and it really changed my life beyond the mats as well. Um, how teaching happened, it was kind of organic. At first, it started... Um, when there would be drop-ins and then like uh, El Diablo Blanco and I would like make make eye contact. And it's like, I, I knew that I had to be the person to go with the, the drop-in girl. And like, it was fine because like I enjoyed it. Um, so it started by that. And then people would ask questions, but I always deflected towards the instructor because I don't know about you guys, but there are a lot of people that give really bad advice in jujitsu. Oh, tell me about it. Forever. Yeah. It's and it's forever. like, so even now I still, yeah. though I'm a brown belt, I still deflect towards the instructor because there are so many different flavors of doing something, so to speak. Um, but anyway, so it started by helping drop in women um, and then fast forward to teaching. Now there was just a need. We had... Um, a lot of dudes being like, oh, my girlfriend, my wife, my friend would want to drop in and they just want to try like a woman's class first because to get like woman's sweat, I guess, is like not as gross as dude sweat at first when you're getting <laughs> used to the sport. Um, and with having a woman's class, like I perceive it as a stepping stone to gain the skills and the confidence to do, I mean, jujitsu with a bunch of the guys. So, um, Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's mostly why I wanted to have you onto the show, other than just I know that you're a really intelligent person. You have a lot to say. Um, and I know you were talking about wanting to talk some shit on the show. So we're really excited <laughs> okay. about that. Um, Always excited about this. Jiu-Jitsu in the past couple of years has been um, making strides in its, I guess, openness to more female competitors and highlighting and showcasing more women in the sport. Um, a couple of examples just off the bat. We've talked about this on the show before, how ADCC has included more classes for the women's division, yeah. thus adding um, a wider range of possibilities for female competitors, right? Mm-hmm. We've also talked about how Fight to Win in the past year, they have yet to do so this year. Maybe I'm calling you out. <laughs> uh, they Previously last year, they did an all-women's card, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. only female competitors. I think there have been other Instagram personalities that have just straight up called out um, jiu-jitsu promotions for not paying their women as much as they do the men, mm-hmm. right? There have been a bunch of top female competitors that have refused to compete on certain promotions unless they get paid as much as the male uh, main events or be highlighted in the same way as the male main events. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular that you watch out for or that you uh, look to in the jiu-jitsu space for like sort of imp- inspiration for like uh, a female lead in the sport? Uh, I would say I'll start local and then I'll go macro. Um, I think we all are familiar with Karen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Karen Peterson. Yeah. The so goat. <laughs> she is the goat. I, I fangirl whenever I see her at competition mm-hmm. tournaments and I'm just like, oh, I have to say hi, but she's coaching. <laughs> oh my God. And like, I'm not someone to get like starstruck, but I have a ton of respect for her and the community that she's built at her gym um, from, I guess, the more pop culture circuit. Fionn's great. Um, I know Kendall kind of bothers some people, but mm-hmm. like 
I think she talks about mental health in a really nice way because absolutely i think that affects everyone not just women and it's like it's time to be a little vulnerable um especially after her injury like yeah, yeah she, she really opened up a little bit more i feel as well totally totally and being like a lifelong athlete and right. just i mean i hopefully it makes space for other people to have those sort of conversations yeah. um but i would say like those two just to start like yeah. i yeah even though our, our podcast Agreed. is more popular than uh, Getting a Grip with Kay. Oh, my God. I just said it. <laughs> Here I comes just said the it. <clears throat> I really do look. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let, let, let's run it back. Repeat that one more time. Even though our podcast is more popular than Getting a Grip with Kay. That right? should be a drop. That should be, that should be a drop. <laughs> um, I really do look up to Kendall Roosing in terms of talking, to something, talking about something that no one else talks about in mm -hmm. the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu space, which is eating disorders right huge huge yes. in the brazilian jiu-jitsu space well any real space where weight management is key yeah. right it's a, it's huge in like the dance space mm -hmm. it's huge in wrestling, wrestling. it's huge in jiu-jitsu i think like I, I just bought a food scale and i have to be very careful uh -oh. how this doesn't turn <laughs> oh, into man. just like yeah me counting every single calorie <laughs> me having good and bad foods it's crazy right yeah especially when you're competing weight management is such a huge deal and it's very very easy for people to develop eating disorders when you have this type of behavior, mm -hmm. right? I think there was a joke that um, me and another friend of mine had where if you look at like really high level wrestlers, like after they retire, they either stay in incredible shape, right? Because they basically keep the same diet and mm -hmm. the same mental illness or they just bug out and get like gain 200 pounds. Totally. Yeah. Right? Because they just learned, they never really learned any real self-control. Yep. Right? It was only either extremely strict or it was just binge eating, mm -hmm. right? Because... That's how some wrestlers went up weight classes because they just binged, binged off season and then gained all this weight that they couldn't lose. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny you say that, like with the lack of knowledge. Um, when I was wrestling in high school, uh, there was a, we were told a story about this kid who had to make weight. He was on weight. Um, so his coach told him, don't need anything the day before. So he didn't. But he went and drank 64 ounces of apple juice and showed up the day afterwards, you know, but in his head, he thought, OK, I'm not eating. This is liquid. I'm just going to pee it out or whatever it is without knowing that, like, this is the sugar, the carbs, all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's oh, it's very important to be informed and shit. Um, but eating disorders is nothing to play with. Yeah, oh, for real. Like I uh, I really appreciate Kendall Rusing's openness with her own facts. experience on eating disorders and just bringing in the conversation to jujitsu. I think that. The typical way of athletes cutting weight by starving themselves, dehydration, is just archaic, right? Like, there's better ways to do it. If anything, there have been multiple athletes that have huge success competing at their natural weight class. There have been multiple strides from multiple different athletes, not just Kendall telling people that they don't have to cut weight. It's dangerous to cut weight. You right. shouldn't do this in longevity, especially in a sport where you compete as much as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And Kendall Roosing, I really think, has been a pioneer. Not just saying that weight cutting is bad. People have been saying this forever, but saying like it's not only bad physically, it's bad mentally. Like you're not mm -hmm. setting yourself up for success in the long term, right? So shout out to Kendall Rusing. Yeah. Um, be before we get off of Kendall, since we're giving her flowers, uh, another <laughs> thing that she's done really well is like also um, just really improve the commentating game. Like in, if you've watched any jujitsu events, you, it, it's if, so good. It's <laughs> it, it, you know that there's a lot of people that get this job, and you're like, how the fuck did you get this job? You're like, you don't you don't know shit. Um, but Kendall Rosing, not only is she, because of the years of knowledge of grappling and jujitsu and all that stuff, but she also knows how to like talk to people. So she articulates very well. Like she's the kind of person where you are listening to a match you don't mute it you yeah. can you you know she she knows what she's talking about and she like really um 
tries to tackle it from all areas. She's very well informed. So shout outs to Kendall for all that. So this is an improv pendejo of the week. Oh, because I didn't know I was gonna have it, right? Oh man. But here uh, it comes. Pendejo of the week. This is the earliest pendejo of the week, I think. Goes to Hyrule Teague. Right. Okay. Hyrule Teague is probably the worst Brazilian jiu-jitsu commentator I have ever heard. Ever. Right? He, he was fired from full grappling, but he still commentates. I don't know why. Wait, why was he fired? He, I don't know why he was fired. Probably because he was bad at out. his job. Oh, bad at his job. But also, he was the guy who scammed the internet out of like ten or fifty thousand dollars for the movie Red Belts oh, and I never heard, made it. I heard about this. Yes. How did yes. I miss that? Yeah, so yeah, a couple yeah. years ago, Hywel Teague started a fundraiser for a movie documenting the different Red Belts in Brazil. So he said. No one really knows who these red belts are, but they're still around, right? They trained with Helio. They did the. They were there at like the the Kimura fight, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he wanted to document these red belts, ask him about their journey, and it's like a a cool thing, right? Because how many red belts do you really know of, right? right? I can't name one. The concept sounds cool. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna go to Japan, but obviously I have to stay in Japan. I have to buy this equipment. I have to insure the equipment because it's Brazil. And it's like, it's going to take a lot of money. Like, can we crowdsource this so I can make this movie so everybody can know about Red Belts? And then just never made the movie. And for years was like, yeah, I'm still making it. Yeah, I'm still making it. Oh, I need more money. No, no, no. And then when he just flat out said, like, I'm not making the movie anymore, just never refunded the money. So he just took a 50 grand check and just ran with it. How oh, nice. Pendejo. And yeah. he, was, he was on Flow Grappling staff for so long. So long. Well, into your point, like he's still commentating, so he's somehow still connected yeah. to Flow. So that's crazy. And he's a terrible commentator. He's just so bad at it. Um, oh. yeah, no, they, they they're not great. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So shout outs to Kendall because she's I think she's been carrying this boat. Um, and like, as a businesswoman, like take it outside of like jujitsu for a second. Just like as a businesswoman, like she's shown that you can grow in this sport in so many different areas as a commentator, as an instructor. Uh, she has a bunch of instructionals. Like, she's shown that there's a lot of... And, and she's building a lot of different paths. So shout out to her for, like, being man inspiring. Great. Now what I want to get into is ask Gabby another question. So what we're going to talk about is just getting into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a woman, right? The difficulties behind it, maybe some common things that people get intimidated about, right? Um, anything really, any advice that you have for women first starting to get into jiu-jitsu, maybe what they should be looking for in a space, what they should be looking for in the website, anything. What do you, what do you think, Gabby? Yeah. Um, I'll try to approach it from a, like a net new perspective. Cause I was exposed to like an element of grappling prior. Um, so I would say look at their social media, um, look at their website and just look for women's classes or just women in photos, not just like the token woman. Um, go to their Google reviews and see if there are women that are commenting. I know it sounds silly, but like if you're coming from a space where you don't know anyone in the sport, like the internet's our first resource, right? For sure. So, um, you know, is it, is it just the mom commenting about her kid or does the mom actually train there? Um, so you look into things like that, start asking around again with social media. It's so easy to see like, oh, okay, actually this random person that I know follows this gym's account, may, do they train there? Do they know someone there? Start asking questions. All right. So you, you did your internet stalking. Um, and then I think with, with anything, when you're looking to f- build a new habit, like find a gym that is like close enough to get to the timing works for you. So this is something you do like it's one less obstacle or two less obstacles in the way of you pursuing something. Um, okay. And then check out the vibe at the gym. Are people nice to you? Um, some gyms that I visited are very clicky. Um, 
God bless them, I guess. But <laughs> some gyms are very clicky. Um, cleanliness. Do their mats look clean? Uh, are people wearing clean geese? Some of y'all are dirty out there. So yeah. dirty. Shout I out think to the Sucio twins. Shout out to the Sucio <gasps> twins. Sucio twins, my God. I think some people put Windex on their geese. Or is it just bad BO? But... I, ha- I have to tell them to shower. I have to throw I have to throw the male one in the shower. <laughs> Doug. I have to shove him in there. We, I've, we've had conversations outside of the gym where I have to like, yo, go shower outside of your two. Like... Constantly. I've had to ban him from classes because I know he hasn't showered. Well, thank you for doing that because we appreciate you. He, yeah, for real. Um, so yeah, see if it's clean. Um, and you know, even if there aren't women there, are the other students there friendly, not creepy, um, and just willing to help you out? Because sometimes what happens with one of the schools that I dropped in. Um, like no one wanted anything to do with me. So I had, I had to pair with some like really, really tall guy that was like older, kind of sheepish. And I'm like, oh, clearly he's the other reject in the class. Like putting the new girl with the reject. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and you just kind of figure it out there. Um, so yeah, check out the vibe. Um, and also, I mean, this is something new too. Like you're, you're very intimate with someone. So um does it feel too aggressive? Does it feel uncomfortable, but safe? And like, hopefully you're looking for the latter. Um, but those are just some things to look out for, but definitely shop around and yeah. go at different times too. Because I mean, as we know at our gym, like we have different vibes every hour. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think you touched on a huge point that I want to talk more about, or at least talk as much as we can about, but it, it is about visibility of women in the gym, mm-hmm. right? I think for me, and I was one of those people that would be regularly bring women up to you in order to introduce you as like one of the one of the people in leadership roles in our community mm-hmm. was like, hey, this is Gabby. She's a female instructor here. Uh, also, she's just a, a, a kick-ass brown belt that trains here, right? Why don't you go with her? And I could already see the impact that they had on them. I had so many women after their intro classes being like, it was so cool to see Gabby. It was so cool to see another woman on the mats, right? And that has such a profound effect on really anybody, right? I even had another student come up to me and say it was so nice seeing like another uh, or seeing a Hispanic teacher, right? So a visibility uh, along all lines is incredibly important, right? Um, I think when you go into a gym and see someone that just looks like you, right, someone that you can relate to, it really helps you settle in a lot better, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think what you said about seeing women on the Instagram, seeing women commentating on their posts, I guess not just like the token woman that you're seeing in every single photo, right, that they just have them there is very important. Um, I think not only is this, I think should be required of a school, right? But it is something that every school can do to make their students feel more seen and heard. Right. Giovanni, what do you think about this? Um, no, I really like I think something that stood out to me is like Gabby, as we know, Gabby teaches a uh, women's class. And she said earlier, it's like a great stepping stone, because like you said, the sport is very intimate, um, whether you've had some traumatic experience or whether you're just never done a sport that requires this much, you, you know, it can catch you off guard. So like definitely when you go into a gym and you just see 98% of men, some of them who we just talked about are not clean, that which gives you more reason to be like, I don't want to come back. Having something like a, a women's class, especially taught by some somebody as nice as kind and as knowledgeable as Gabby that makes such a big difference um for anybody's experience you know I remember like back 
when I was younger and like Gabby first started, right? Like um, Gabby, someone who every time she came to class, like it took a little bit of pressure off my shoulder because I knew if I had, whether it was somebody new or experienced, like she was somebody I could trust, right? If we had like 30 people in class, like th whoever was partnered with Gabby, I didn't have to stress about it because I knew Gabby saw the move. She would ask questions that she knew she could, that she had to ask or whatever. Like um, having that kind of uh, awareness, being respectful, like those qualities have obviously just make you a better instructor. So, I mean, that was speak to her as a person Aww. um but definitely like having something like that um in a school if your school can afford it i think like you said should be required because as as the sport is growing we want to make sure that um you can't please everybody but you want to make sure at the very least you, you make everybody feel welcome do what you can so having things like that makes such a big difference yeah now i want to talk about the meat and potatoes of the podcast right Gabby mentioned it, so I'll pass the buck off to her, right? <laughs> Creeps in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think they're kind of unavoidable, right? As much as we can create a positive space where everybody feels included and everybody feels safe, safe there's always going to be one rotten apple in the bunch, right? It's how you deal with it, right? Yeah. How you confront it, how you manage it in your school that really is telling, right? It's not always just about cutting the person off and just sending them. Sometimes that is warranted in the best approach, but also it's about how the students deal with it um, by themselves, right? There have been many creeps, even in the best schools in the world, right? Gabby, how do you, what would you say to somebody who is gonna try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for the first time or has been coming to a first class and sort of has been approached like a wrong way in a creepy way by a student? Oh my God, where do I start? Um, <laughs> so I uh, immediately go to the main instructor, um, someone in a position of authority. But I think this is also where I'm gonna go back to a previous point, just having more women is helpful because sometimes women feel more comfortable speaking to another woman about it. And then the woman grappler will elevate it to the instructor and they'll take care of it accordingly. Um, but going backwards, I'd say if you feel at any point uncomfortable, uh, speak to the instructor on the side and ultimately just say, hey, look, this this happened. Um, I'm new to this. Is this normal? Um, can you just help me out here? Because it, it might be like, OK, are we doing I, I mean, I hate to say, are we doing north south or like are people yeah, like sure. staying right. in like yeah. certain positions? Double underpass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, I mean, I'm going to self-disclose this didn't happen at this gym. But the first gym I got into grappling, like, you know, first there was accidentally a chest grab while this guy was trying to post. And I was like, whatever. He just missed the ground. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, we were doing it was double under or over under. And, you know, like there was a real uh, butt squeeze. But yeah. at the time I was also young. I was afraid to bring it up to the instructor. And I think if there was maybe another woman I could have spoken to, um, it would have helped. But like at that point I had enough rapport with the gym and the program that I like went back, but I just never partnered with that guy again. And if I saw any woman walking over and going to partner with that guy, I'd be like, you know what, just, just don't. Um, but yeah, go to the person in authority, but ultimately if it's a good gym, a good community, they're going to take care of it. Um, but also like sometimes jujitsu is toxic, just like the Catholic church yeah. <laughs> and they just, yes. they just move people around as you guys have spoken about before. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I think you made a really great point, which is specifically how to roll with women, right? This is something that has been talked about by a lot of people, both in like good and bugged out senses. Very bugged out. Right? Shout out to Jeff Glover, who just said that like, <laughs> women should just be banned in the oh, sport. Man. That was crazy. Oh, Gabby, did you see that on Instagram? I missed that. Oh. 
he went on this like tirade where like Hold women shouldn't have a place in the sport. Is he or, an like, incel? I, he's he's everything. He's okay. a flat earther. He's like a well, 9-11 I don't know. I don't know if it means anything, but he does have jujitsu tatted on his knuckles. And oh. Usually that's a red flag. Oh. That's what most people would consider a red flag, but I don't know. Huge. He, he's flag. like, uh, what else is he? He's he's also like a white supremacist. He, oh, he checks out. Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. He's everything. But um, I, I think you made a great point on like when you're a woman and you're rolling, especially because this is so intimate, it's kind of difficult to... I guess um, differentiate was like he's just reaching for a grip, right? Was my my uh, my body and his hand just at the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Because we're literally all over each other, right? Like where is it too much, right? And I'm I'm sure that you know when it's too much. You know when something was either totally. intentional or completely accidental, right? Um, but also if if you're a guy and you're training with a woman, just like when you're training with another guy and you know I shouldn't specifically touch his groin. Right, because every man gives another man the courtesy. Right, I'm not just gonna reach for Giovanni and give him the old dick twist. Right. Well, you didn't ask last time. You just did it. <laughs> so, I think if you're rolling for a woman, you know that there are certain parts of the body that might be interpreted differently. Right. I when I train with women all the time and I have back control, I know that I should only be attacking the neck and nothing else. Right. Correct. It's pretty much common sense at this point. Right. So I think there are certain things that every man should know or every person should know when they're rolling with somebody else. Right. Um, that's a really great point that you made. And if you're a student, this is coming from three jujitsu instructors. Right. If you feel that something was weird in your role, if you had a weird altercation with your student, if you had a weird interaction, a weird comment, whatever, tell us. Right. I guarantee you that more often than not, Jiu-Jitsu instructors are not as bugged out as they seem, right? Word. We want to run a business where people feel welcome, where they want to come back, right? And the only way for that to work is if everybody feels comfortable, right? Yes. I don't want to feel like I'm putting pressure on students, right? For like, tell me everything. Tell me everything that happened in the class. But I definitely want to um, portray this... Uh, this openness, right? That I know that at the school that we train at, we definitely have and we want to hear about it. And okay. we want to, and we just want to encourage like speaking out because as Gabby said, like, again, sorry for your experience, but like there's a, there's a lot of that, right? And, yeah. and a, a, because of what you said, whether you're young, you're just new to this place, you don't want to, uh, you don't know, you don't want to overstep boundaries, whatever it is, um, you can feel uncomfortable or scared or whatever the case is. So we definitely want to encourage like, yes, go speak to your instructor, speak to us if you know, if you see something that you thought it was weird and and sometimes it could just be you just need clarification right like as we said this is a very contact heavy sport so like there could be accidents accidents happen but some there's definitely creeps there's some toxic motherfuckers out there and you know speaking about creeps and toxic motherfuckers right (laughs) i have a story and this is why i'm so passionate about it right when i was a blue belt when i was a white belt we were all students under the same guy hugh hefner right so hugh hefner he, I didn't even need to be in class for more than a couple months to know his MO, right? There would be a new hot student that came in, and all of a sudden, he, uh, she got all of Hugh Hefner's attention. He was exclusively teaching her close guard and double underpass and triangles, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? But the reason why like, I, I know that it's so difficult to just go to an instructor sometimes is that he was the instructor. He was the guy that you were supposed to go to if you ever had any problem or anything, and he's the guy who's the womanizer in the gym, right? So... I, I felt so conflicted, right? If I went to my head instructor and said, like, hey, your black belt's kind of acting a little creepy, right? Like, it's making me feel uncomfortable. Like, and I'm, he's not even hitting on me, right? And it, I didn't know what to do, right? And it came to the point where his behavior was tolerated for so long when really at the first sign of it, it should have just been like, hey, man, you can't do this here, 
right? You can go do this at the bar downstairs, but definitely not here. And the eighth time it happened, it should have been like, dude, get out, get out, right? Because I'll say this again, because I think I say this on, on like a dating podcast or like the whatever, right? It, it came to a point where I almost became desensitized to it, where like a hot woman came into the gym and I was like, huh, I wonder how long before Hugh Hefner dates her. And I'm like, that shouldn't have been my thought. We started putting money down almost. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you think he gets her in like two weeks, three weeks? I'm like, that shouldn't have been my thought. Absolutely. Right? My, my first thought should have been to try to like either talk to Hugh Hefner directly and was like, leave this chick alone, right? Or talk to this woman and be like, hey, this guy's kind of a creep, right? Don't take it any wrong way, but like he might say something that might bug you out. Come to me if he, if he does, right? Gabby, what do you have to say about this? Oh my God. Um, it's tough. It's tough because, um, I mean, I'll put it, he never bothered me. Because I'm not a blonde. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> I mean... You need to drop some new shots. <laughs> <laughs> I remember even having uh, one of my friends drop into the gym. She, blonde, attractive woman. And she was waiting by the elevators for me. And he beelined, like, faster than light. Hey, are, are you looking to drop in? Like, how... Like, have you ever tried jiu-jitsu before? <laughs> this is <laughs> like, a good impersonation. <laughs> um... You know, and it's just, again, you kind of um, tolerate it. But there were some women I knew that were um, consensually involved and, like, never, you know, ever asked questions or something happened and it was fine. But um, it, I think it was a whole persona, too, because, like, he was also, though he has great jujitsu, he was a little, like, too aggressive. Yeah, for sure. Like, like something. He's he's fighting some demons somewhere. That's what happens um, when trauma goes unchecked for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, jiu-jitsu is not therapy. You need to do both. Yeah, Facts. You need to do both. Jiu-jitsu was my therapy, but you got to do both. <laughs> Great. So there are just, other than people just like actively hitting on people, there are also people that just make remarks or comments that are just not welcome, right? Or it could be taken like really the opposite way, right? One of these people that would make these comments for so long was Lord Voldemort. Oh, he right. who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. He shall n noseless. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he got. He was a death eater. Gabby's making this face because she doesn't know who Lord Voldemort is. I am like one for two of not knowing some it's of these. It's time for Raimundo's story time. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, we might have a Joe Biden story time. <laughs> so Lord Voldemort was a practitioner at the school that I train at, but no longer is training here. But he was the guy who would, oh, he, let's say there was something happening in a room and there's, of course, that obvious joke that can be made, but isn't made because you know that it's going to be taken a certain way. You know it. Before you even finish the joke in your head, he would say it. He would say it, right? Now, this not only was the joke that shouldn't be made in public, but it was also remarks that just shouldn't be made to certain people, right? Yes. Um, one of those remarks was to an underage girl, right? <sighs> And oh, this one, he basically like, I, I don't know what the specific remark was, but that I already have everybody rolling their eyes at me. But he, he would just make everybody like roll their eyes at him. Like, come on, Voldemort. Come on. Not why'd you use the death spell on this one? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, why can't you just shut your mouth? Right. And there are some people like jujitsu is a very like um, personal and like very. Uh, open sports so when you grapple with somebody you get closer to them right and i'm right. guessing that this person felt really comfortable with everybody and thought that they they shared the same sense of humor with him right. but they don't 
right? right? Not everybody like has that same sense of humor. Um, Giovanni, what, what was your Lord Voldemort story? Well, not, I mean, I have a lot. Um, any of these stories, we'll definitely put them out there, so I'm not going to tell any of them. But I think all of the stories are all end up all the same where we all knew or we were aware that we can read the room a little bit and be like, all right, I'm thinking this is an appropriate joke, but I'm not going to say it. And our dear Lord Voldemort would just uh, instantly without hesitation um but you know i think i think part of it is to what we said right trauma there's a lot of stuff that i think um just went unchecked and like um hugh hefner it just started to become normal right people just start oh that's just oh that's lord voldemort he just constantly finds that line and crosses it you know and like even myself like because i know lord voldemort for many years i still like even early on, like I would tell him sometimes, I'm like, yo, you know how to find this line and constantly cross it. Like you gotta sometimes chill. But I'm I'm also early twenties. This guy has like 15 years over me. Like nobody, no, he doesn't have to listen to me. He has no reason to. But a lot of people felt the same way. Um, what was funny is that a lot of people, <clears throat> um, damn, I don't have a nickname for this person, but he would constantly butt heads with people that were just like him right people that are no longer at the gym that we train at because they were all the same right people that would constantly find that line cross it find the line cross it and they didn't really they were like oh when it got when you saw that when people saw they got upset oh i was just kidding no i didn't mean it like that and it's like well you said it doesn't matter you can't tell me how i feel that's not your experience this is mine he didn't care about that shit yeah. um but a lot of it is <laughs> looking back it's inappropriate and i guess all what we can do now is laugh a little bit i think he's changed and grown based on where he's at now and what our relationship is like but um yeah he's he's one of those bugged out characters for sure scary so i want to switch gears a little bit maybe a lot of it right gabby i want you to talk about what it's like um teaching a women's only class how that's been for you how that's been taking on the role as an instructor right um any advice that you have for women that want to start teaching at the school um i know it happened to you very organically right you didn't have to apply you didn't have to give a resume I have said my piece about like how bugged out the jiu-jitsu hiring process is, right? Oh, but yeah. just talk to that effect for a little bit. So should I start just in terms of being uh, how it feels to be an instructor yeah. more or less? Okay. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, there's definitely a little bit of imposter syndrome, but then I just remind myself that I've been kind of doing this organically and in unofficial capacity for quite some time. Um, but it's, it's great. Like, I think I had a lot of false narratives in my mind where, you know, people who teach jujitsu aren't good at jujitsu, like just like absolute BS. Um, and then I found out, I'm like, Oh, actually like teaching actually makes you better at jujitsu. Right. <laughs> so then I was like, Oh, there's something of course in it for me. Give me besides, one second, Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, being an instructor is pretty cool. I've dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, but got through it because in retelling my story, it came quite organically. Um, but I mean, given the nature of the class being pretty small, there's certainly a little bit more freedom and personalization that I'm able and attention that I'm able to give the women with my co-lead, shout out Ashley, um, that I think is really special because I mean, thankfully we have a really busy gym. Classes are huge, but it's tough for instructors to make their way around. So to be able to like just stare at a pair and give them slight little adjustments every time and it's just, it's the best. Um, so teaching has been really solid. Um, I think, and I hope that it'll grow and get better. And 
Okay. The nature of every class when you start on jiu-jitsu is every, it's going to start out very small, right? right? I think even my class, the the one that I helped start, it's an 8 a.m. nogi class, right? It It's still only like six or seven people at the most, right? Yeah. But I think this sort of like more um, smaller group setting really helps you learn each individual uh, student a lot better, right? I think just like um, in the uh, women community in jiu-jitsu, it's, it's a small community, right? I think right. the common statistic for any martial arts school, whether it be kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, whatever, right? If it's a combat sport, typically it's like nine to one when it comes to men to women, right? And I'm particularly proud at some of our mixed classes when it's all genders, right? When it's like three or four women or even sometimes five or six women in the class in a class of like 30 or 20 men, right? Word. So I, I, I really like the ratio that we have here in our school, Um but I think it's really important, even if, like, and this maybe if it's not even if, but I think it's really important for women to have their own space in any jiu-jitsu program, right? Um, and if it's only three or four women at a time in that particular um, class, right, I think it's extremely important that there be a sectioned-off partition time for these women to have their uh, appropriate class, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, now what I want to talk about is just... Practicing jiu-jitsu like as a woman, right? So there are certain things that men have to look out for differently, right? Uh, when training with women. I've already said my piece, but I also wonder if like Gabby has any particular opinion about this, right? So you talked a little bit about like maybe some people becoming a little bit too aggro, right? Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that when you're training with somebody, you can feel like they're training with you? Maybe not. I, I know that I said that men should train with women differently, but also, do you think that maybe they're training with you a little bit too differently? Oh, I've definitely had that in the past. But I mean, the the great thing is, is like I've had enough time on the mats here that I like I know who my people are <laughs> in yeah. terms of my lineup, so to speak. But it's different because like I, I pretty much avoid um, like white and blue belt dudes. Like no for disrespect, sure. but yeah, it's yeah. like, and I know I could hold my own, but for me, it's just a liability. Like, yeah, for sure. I generally speaking, um, I'll, unless you come from a athletic background or you were a dancer, you did, you did gymnastics, like you have no body awareness. And we have guys coming in here that like play golf and do football and like that you're not gonna have a lot of body awareness within that sport. So Early on when people are just getting introduced, I just avoid those people because also like they might be unnecessarily aggressive, mm -hmm. not know what they're doing. And that's right. how mistakes happen. Um, in the past, I've had, you know, some upper belts, some, you know, heavier people that just like dead fish on me or like just like lay on me. And I'm like, this is this is not fun for anyone. Um, so I guess let me just fast forward a little bit. If you're a dude and you're going to roll with the chick let her set the tempo first, especially if it's a woman that's new, like let her set the pace and, but also don't be like giving so much space that you're making it a cakewalk, but also don't just lay on her for all of five, six, seven minutes. Like that's really not fun for anyone. You're not going to get better, but just be a little bit more open aware. Um, but it's, you know, I've been here for a while, so I have my people. But I would say if you're new, that's that's what to look out for. Yeah, I definitely agree with rolling with like white belt or 
blue belt men, right? I, I, I think like when you're rolling with somebody who has no body awareness yet, has no sense of the game yet, mm-hmm. it's almost like breaking in a horse. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you don't know if you're going to get bucked off and break your back like yeah. in the next second, right? Because yeah. there are some times, and I've talked about this on the podcast, where you're rolling with somebody who doesn't really know jiu-jitsu that well, and they do so something so incredibly incorrect, you don't know how to deal with it, Yeah. right? Or I've been in certain positions, specifically the omoplata, right? If you're a jiu-jitsu sensitive, right, or if you're jiu-jitsu literate, you know what to do in the elbow potty. You know which way to turn, which way not to turn, which way to raise your head, whatever, right? You just know. But if you've never been put in the elbow potty before, which is why elbow potty is probably on my personal banned list to do on somebody who's never done jiu-jitsu. Because quite literally, they'll move in a way that will break their own arm, Yeah. right? Sometimes I've had to let go or figure out a different technique to do in that situation so the other person doesn't pop their own shoulder out their back, Yeah. right? I've had to save so many people's lives, right? Because they just didn't know how to move. Um, and I think it's it's one thing to know how to be jujitsu sensitive, right? How to not turn into a kimura, how to not crank on something, where the line is between like too aggressive and just uh, plain just malfeasance when it comes to like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then another sort of like sensitivity to rolling with a specific type of person, right? If I'm rolling with like someone who's particularly older in age, I know I'm not gonna go like full moon jowls at the finals, just gas them out, right? That's just inconsiderate. What if they right? give you? What if they go at you like it's mundials? So that's the thing, right? <laughs> Even, like this, there's like a mutual agreement that has to come like with jujitsu as well. It's not just yeah. like I have to look out for people. You also have to look out for me and come like if you're trying to like if we're kickboxing, right? And you knock my head off. And this, if you're coming at me a kickboxing, you're trying to knock my head off. Chaos. Okay, K- KO punches every single time but then I like hit you with a good body shot that's controlled and you go what the heck man I thought we were just training for fun I'm like well you, you're just trying to kill me right now like yeah, what like, like you were having fun I yeah. was just trying to not die here yeah yeah so I think that's like not only if you're rolling with people right you should be aware of the energy that you're putting out to certain people right because right. yes. there are certain people that just because you're a certain type or a certain person that's not going to like not everybody's gonna be um, forced to accommodate to that, right? You right. also have to look out to the energy that you are putting out, right? So even if you are a woman, even if you are a small person, Absolutely. even if you are an elderly person, if you go out and invite a certain energy into your role, people are going to match that. Yes. Right? I know certain people that are very calm, but if you push a certain button, like me, like my button, my thing where I go instant death mode, like, oh, you chosen death, right? Is if you're in my clothes guard and you put your knees in my thighs, right? Because that's... The elbows? Yeah, the elbows, sorry. The elbows okay. in the thighs, right? Sorry. Okay, cut that out. If you put the elbows in the thighs when you're in the clothes guard, just start digging and grinding your elbows in the thighs, I will kill you. I will kill you. I'm going to do that next time. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a dagger choke. I'm going to hit you with the mother's milk. It's over for you, right? Okay. So if you just push on certain people's buttons, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just going to respond back. Like, that's um, just human nature. That's so funny because touching on the topic, shout outs to my boy Leo who listens to the podcast. He messaged me like, midnight last night he was like next time we train i'm gonna talk mad shit to you and i'm like you know like ray and i've trained for a while like i talk shit to, to some of my friends i don't necessarily like talking shit because to what you said sometimes that that that's for me is like it like you bring it out of me and i'm like okay well now we're gonna go that's fun for me but to your point you can't get mad for pressing those buttons and now getting this reaction you came you started this you set the tempo i'm just following your your speed and i've been in situations where like that happens and then they get upset and i'm like motherfucker you started this i was just trying to keep up uh the doctor taking old man breaks oh like my God, like fam yeah. like i didn't ask you to go this hard i was going i was just trying to keep up with you mm-hmm. you tied yourself out um the other day i had some guy drop in and he's really you know he's been training for 10 years he's a brown belt and um, I made 
uh, educated guess, I was like, he's probably going to gas himself out in 30 seconds. He did just that because motherfucker came at me like I stole his lunch money. I'm like, I didn't ask you to do this. But, you know, some people, they don't have that awareness. Um, Gabby, what about you? How, what has been your experiences with, like, trying to match people's energy? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> it's a journey. Um, I try to go the lazy jiu-jitsu route sometimes if I know it's someone that doesn't have the technique to actually get through things. So I'm just kind of like, you know, it's like a little kid or a puppy. You let them yeah. tire themselves out, and then finally they're like, <sighs> and then you you capitalize on that. Yeah. So it's like it's playing smart. That's how I do it. Um, but if they are coming aggro and just like a little too ridiculous, like, did you have a bad morning? Did your wife say something mean to you and you can't get over it? Like, I'll, I'll be mean. I'll, you know, put my knuckles into their face. Like I will find little passive aggressive ways to sort of to let like, them know they got to chill. Yeah. Like calm the F down. Um, I'd say there's that, but then another thing I want to bring back as well is like, if you're going to be the person that's just kind of all over the place with the role, mm -hmm. you might recognize that you might have to go through the enforcer in the future. Like you guys yeah. mentioned it before, like you can be a person on the show. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Like you fuck up that one person and then, all right, we have a couple enforcers that are coming right back at you and it's just, just check yourself. Like yeah. don't be a douchebag. Yeah. So I think that there, are, th there was a funny conversation that was had on the internet a couple days ago where there was a Reddit post that said like there was some there was one person who found the idea of the of the mat enforcer kind of cringe right like there's some person like on the mat bugging out and then you just send this guy to just beat him up right now we've talked we've had a whole episode on mat enforcers Giovanni and I have mm -hmm. had to bin mat enforcers right we've been mat enforcers because <laughs> there are certain people that and and this person made a very good point like why wouldn't you just go up to the person and tell them like hey you can't train like that you're gonna hurt somebody or like hey you, your intensity level is up here. Like, right. And when you're first starting on the people that we're giving you, it kind of needs to be down here. The reason why I think that doesn't work is because people are bugged out. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say people are dumb. No, people are dumb and bugged <laughs> out. But I, I think everything that we're talking about right now is like matching people's energy, mm -hmm. feeling what the vibe is. Right. Like knowing who you're sparring against. Right. And tailoring your expectations around that. This is a very emotionally competent things for people to do. And people don't have that emotional competence. None. Right. Yeah. They see they see like they see like another human being like the monkey brain turns on like there's another monkey. He's challenging me. He must die. Right. Yeah. And that's what everybody when they first start doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has that raw instinct, right? I'm being grabbed. I don't want him to grab me. I need to get on top of him and dominate, right? And I think some people just can't turn the switch on or can't have like two different parts of their brain working at the same time, right? They can't have like, oh, yeah, I need to defend myself, but I need to do it in a certain way because there's these considerations to take into effect, right? Um, so I, I believe that it, it is good and Jiu-Jitsu culture should change where if you have like a new white belt coming in and he's bugging out and he's breaking fingers and he's tapping blue belts because he's picking up and slamming them. Yeah, you should talk to him. Maybe like you can't train like that. Right. Because if you do, you're going to hurt somebody or someone's going to hurt you. Right. Because there are people here are better than you and you don't want to invite that type of energy. Right. But also you should invite the Madden Forcer. Right. Yes. I think that <laughs> if <laughs> if there's a white belt here. And he's bugging out and he's like um, headlocking people, reverse reverse headlock, the scorpion deathlock, right? Yeah. And he breaks somebody's spine, right? You should send the mat enforcer then to check them, right? But then you should have the talk. I think yeah. both can happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because some people just can't be like talked to about this, right? They can't be like, what do you mean this grappling sport is a combat sport? We should go hard. It's like, all right, you want to go hard? Let me show you what going hard actually looks like, right? Because you don't know what you're doing. 
right? They think they're like going like 40 miles an hour in a Toyota Corolla is like going fast, living fast life. But bro, let me put you in a fucking Bugatti and let's go 120 miles an hour and let's see if you like it then. It's right? like the roll switch from when we were kids, right? When your mom would hit you and you'd be like, yo, stop crying or else I'll give you something to cry about. Like, yo, you want to go hard? All right. Now, now that I'm sure you what hard is. <laughs> she was, my mom used to tell me like, yo, stop crying before I hit you for real. I was like, that wasn't for real? Like, that felt pretty real to me. Sometimes my mom would give me the look and I'd preemptively cry in order to try to avoid getting hit. So she'd look at me and I'd be like, Aah! she's like, why are you crying? I'm like, because you're going to fucking hit me. That's why. Yeah. I'm scared. The look. Yeah, oh, the man. look. It's crazy. We need that. So I think that is also missing. Like, people just don't give a fuck. So to your point, like, I've had... As an instructor, because, you know, when you have a, a newer people, whether they've done other sports and they're athletes, but they don't know jiu-jitsu, you try to, you know, you try to give clear rules like, yo, don't go hard. I don't like the usage of go 50 percent, 60 percent, because that looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So but, I, you know, just I try to give people a gauge like don't go hard. Whatever 50 percent looks like for you, you should be able to, like, get your heart rate up. But we should be able to talk like if you're breathing mad hard if everything's tense like trying to be clear on what it should look like in the round i think that that helps sometimes but to your point people are bugged out and that shit just goes in one ear out the other some people just don't hear it yeah and another thing too like if you're injured tell someone and Please. like say it loud like just be like hey i'm dealing with this thing with my elbow don't arm bar my left arm like whatever that might be and then people will just kind of hopefully listen. Yeah. Um, but I think back to the point earlier where you have the mat enforcer and you speak to someone like ultimately you should probably speak to someone while they're sitting down or at the end of the class. Because I think if they're still in the square and they're like still got that adrenaline going, they're not yeah. going to listen. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think these are all great points. I think these are all great ways to deal with a student that is not behaving appropriately. Right. There's but like. The reason why I still like the mat enforcer is because some people have to learn through physicality, right? You can tell certain kids like, hey, don't put your finger in the outlet. Don't put you trust me like there's there for a reason. And then they're not going to learn until they shock themselves. Yes. And it's like, I didn't know I could shock myself. Like, why do you think I told oh, you we, not to put in the we outlet? We were just talking about that. Like uh, Ray said, um, he loves me, but I'm someone who has to learn lessons the hard way. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, some, some of these lessons I do. You're right. Yeah. You can it, tell your homie like, hey, man, don't do this. It's probably not the best idea. And then you just got to let them make the mistake. Right. Yeah. And hopefully the mistake, it just doesn't change their lives too much. Right. Word. Um, Gabby, one last thing that I want to leave on on the podcast. Like, right. Like. Jiu-Jitsu has changed my life, right? Um, it is the way that I provide for myself. Um, it is the way that I, I, can't, I literally can't see myself not doing Jiu-Jitsu to some capacity. Even if I'm 60 years old, I'm going to be that old head that doesn't train, but is still telling everybody that you do the techniques wrong. Like, that's already going to be me, right? So how has Jiu-Jitsu really changed your life in the past couple of years, right? Like, you said you started Jiu-Jitsu maybe like six or seven years ago, right? How have you become a different person from the time you started Jiu-Jitsu to who you are now? Oh my gosh. Um, in so many ways. So I think the first, I'll start from like the self and then I'll talk about the community. Um, I have way more confidence. Like, I, I think it's noticeable. I mean, you notice when people just join the gym and like they walk in a little bit differently yeah, once they yeah. like get it. So I have a way, way more confidence. Um, and then ultimately like I, like you, right. I want to do jujitsu as an old lady. So I very much approach my life from like a health span like perspective. So what am I going to do to supplement my jujitsu so I can hopefully not have a fake hip at 50 or a fake knee or two. Um, so like, because of jujitsu, I'm like, okay, I'm going to lift weights. Okay. I'm going to do 
Pilates. Don't hate on Pilates. It's really freaking hard. Pilates is mad hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also started eating meat. So I was a pescatarian for 14 years. Hey. Um, it's, it's not a religion. It's basically I only ate fish. Um, but... I was like, okay, I need to fuel myself in a different capacity based off of jujitsu and all these other activities I'm doing to be like more, more full circle. Um, so selfishly, that's me. And I, I mean, I'm a part of the whoop crew. I love that good recovery. I'm Hell a sleep yeah. queen as well. Um, but then beyond that, I would say it changed my life in terms of community. Like I, I don't go to church. <laughs> um, so like, I think when I think of community, that's what people have done for so long. And by no means is jujitsu my religion, but it's like, it's my people. And it's the type of place, like, I don't care what these people do outside of the gym. They're, right. they're nice. They're fun. We're challenging each other. We both want to see each other succeed in like a non-capitalist way that is like outside <laughs> of these walls, right? Outside of these padded walls. Yeah. Um, so that's been incredible. Like, I, that's, those are just some of the ways yeah. <laughs> jujitsu has changed my life. <laughs> now, the funny topic that I just thought of in my head um, this is the Latinx Guard podcast, and Gabby is part of the Latinx community, right? So one of the things that me and Giovanni always like talking about is just what our parents think about this, oh, right? When I told my mom that I was going to do this as a living, right, it took her like six years to come around to it, right? Before that, I would always <laughs> I would say, oh, I'm stressed out at work, or like, oh, this happened at work. She would always like, what work? That's not a real job. Oh, you stressed? Right? <laughs> you stressed? I've been stressed, right? Um, my dad always had like these funny anecdotes that he would say, like, it, it's always like whatever your struggle is, they double it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't know what I had to go back through, like to get to school. Right. Totally. It's crazy. Right. I wake up at five. Oh, I used to wake up at two. I yeah. used to wake up the previous day. Whatever. Right. <laughs> um, Gabby, what do your parents think about this? Um, so it's interesting. My mom was oddly accepting of it. Um, That's what's up. yeah. Uh, but my dad you know, he was a mixture of like scared, but excited for me. Cause he's like, um, my daughter is wrestling with a bunch of men and yeah. like, I'm, I'm five, three, I'm like a pretty small person. Um, so they were oddly accepting, but I remember trying to show, show my Wella like what I do. Cause I was like, oh yeah, she's like the matriarch. She'll get it. Like I'm doing things. And I showed her a video and she just like looked at it and then like went right back to cooking the beans. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you for not getting this. <laughs> and like, she was like, could not care. And I'm like, I'm being a bad ass. Yeah, yeah. Like acknowledge me, grandma. Acknowledge me. I'm like, I'm doing this for you. But, um, yeah, oddly accepting, but also I think I, I have the weird background where my dad is a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. So he works with athletes and just like active people. Um, so he kind of understood it. It wasn't so foreign. Yeah. I, so. I, had, a, I had a very similar experience where um, I started karate at like a very young age. Like one of my earliest memories, like people always ask you like, what's the first memory you remember? It's actually like one of my karate memories, right? Like me being, taking my first class, remembering how nervous I was, but it's always been a constant in my life. My mother took me to competitions. My parents like regularly watched me train, right? I would do my homework, then practice my con in the living room. They would they critique my form. They were really supportive about it, right? As like a hobby, right. right? But when I told them that the thing that I've been doing my whole life and the thing that I felt the most connection to, I wanted to do as a profession. It's like, what? why would you do that? Por qué? Why would you do that? So I would spend death of the week every week. Oh, right? Still are. <laughs> still are in some cases, right? So everybody's saying like, why are you being so mean to pendejo of the week? Because I am pendejo of the week in my house. Word. Right? There is no bigger pendejo than Raimundo Gonzalez in the Gonzalez household. That's a fact. 
Gabby, we're about to wrap up the podcast. Is there anything else you want to say? Lead, tell our no, uh, listeners, tell them how bugged out they are. Tell them to stop being creeps. Anything at all. Um, go to therapy, go to jiu-jitsu, get some good sleep, and check yourself. Therapy. <laughs> A lot of y'all need it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 20 of the Latinx Guard podcast. If you haven't already um checked out the patreon it's patreon.com forward slash latinx guard podcast thank you everybody who's already donated thank you all of our chingones of the week it means so much to us that you're willing to give us any amount of money to help us support doing what we're doing right shout out to all of our sponsors cmb bakery uh 7th street burger and show your roll show your roll.com show your roll.com show your roll.com go on your phone right now i know you're not doing pause it. it right now pause go. the <laughs> podcast right now buy a show your roll gi i don't care if you're maxed out your credit cards get another credit card as the great marillo santana said <laughs> okay get another credit card Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Latinx Guard Podcast. You can find me at Mundo. You can find Giovanni at... Giovanni underscore Rosario. And you can find Gabby on Instagram at... Gabby Pie with two E's. And reach out if you're interested in a women's class. Yeah. Free, feel free to reach out to Gabby if you are looking for a women's class. If you know somebody who's looking for a women's class. If you have a wife, you have a girlfriend, you have a sister, you have a mom, if you have a grandma... Who wants to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? If you have a female neighbor, right? Anybody is welcome to that class. Feel free to reach out. Episode 20 of the Latinx Guard Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Gabby, for uh, being our first guest in Agrahalas. Thanks, y'all.